Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're headed out to Pennsylvania for today's Song of the Soul with a woman, Joanna Clare, and her powerful Irish fiddle. Joanna started her violin quite young on rather standard Suzuki method fare, but along the way, Irish music captured her, both as a dancer and as a fiddler. And along the way, new Irish tunes began flowing out of Joanna's fiddle. Though she is a material science engineer by day, Music is inextricably linked to her mind and soul. Joanna's debut album was To Keep the Candle Burning, and the music she'll be sharing here today has not yet been released elsewhere. Joanna Clare joins us via Zoom from Philadelphia. Joanna, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thanks so much, Mark. It's an honor. It's been long in coming because you were busy graduating, moving towns. You were in Baltimore before, and now you're back in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, I just moved to Philadelphia for the first time, actually. For the first time. So where did you grow up, actually? Central New York, suburbs of Syracuse. And actually, the way that you came to my attention on my Facebook feed, the Joanna Clare Music, that person that you are, came up and said you were, for your birthday, asking for doing a fundraiser for Powell House. And so I said, okay, I want to get in on this. And then so because of that, I looked at more of your music. Uh, You've only got one album that you've released, and now more music you've started to record. So, uh, But you've been in music basically since you were three years old, right? Yes. I started when I was three at the Hochstein School in Rochester. That's kind of interesting because most of us retain very few memories of anything by the age of three. Do you actually remember beginning Suzuki Method, all of that kind of thing? I remember a few things like running around the room and candy and stickers. (laughs) Did they hide the candy inside the violin to motivate you or something? No, the candy was in a cupboard out of reach. (laughs) And so if you played a tune well, you get rewarded? Is it like dogs get treats? I I don't exactly know, but it was like those strawberry ones that are like with the strawberry wrapping. (laughs) I don't know if you know the candies that I'm talking about, but... I think I do, yes. (laughs) There are a few memories like that that I remember very clearly, but, you know, I teach violin too. And just yesterday I was talking to another fellow fiddler and kind of lamenting that I don't actually remember learning how to play. That's what I was thinking. It's so far back. My first memories basically are when I was five years old. And of course, you were learning all kinds of added layers. I understand that it was when you were 11 that you started Irish fiddle music. I started taking more serious lessons with a phenomenal exponent of the Sligo style, whose name is Brian Conway. At that point, I had definitely played Irish music and other types of folk music before then. And I had gone to workshops that were more so group workshops where we did various kinds of music. 
But when I was 11, I started with Brian, who teaches the Sligo style. So that was really delving into one kind of particular style within the Irish music tradition. On your website, it refers to you at yourself uh, as an Irish fiddler and violinist. And I'm trying to understand if there's two different parts of you. Is, is your violinist part different than your fiddler part? I think when you play classical music, you're a violinist. When you play Irish music, you're a fiddler. I don't know if that's true, but... That's kind of how I would put it. I'm playing classical music sometimes now. I often warm up with it, but I also teach the Suzuki method. And so I'm playing easier classical music regularly. (laughs) And do you offer strawberry treats also to your students? I don't. I've joined the boat of teachers who don't offer rewards like that. Huh. It sounds like it's a very serious, thoughtful decision. Why is that? It's a philosophy of teaching in which external rewards are actually more detrimental than they are beneficial for kids. I'm trying to move away from external rewards. How young of children do you teach to? Right now, I have four students, and I have a few who are interested. I have a student who's five, and then I have a student who's four, and I think nine and 12. I'm just thinking that for the younger students, the automatic intrinsic value of the music may or may not be apparent to them, but a strawberry treat, as in your own case, might be clarion call. Well, it's also, I don't decide what happens after the lesson. So the parents may decide to give their kid something that I wouldn't. Oh, wait a minute. I happen to know you're Quaker, so does that mean you're anti-sugar too? My wife would be, actually. (laughs) Well, I'm anti-sugar in philosophy, but in reality, I'm trying to break a sugar addiction. Okay, the same as my wife. That's that's the same situation. (laughs) I have dark chocolate crunch pretzel crisps next to me that I just got out of the cupboard. (laughs) A woman after my own values. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) I would like to join Chuck in the the association of bad friends. (laughs) Well, it's a noble aspiration. Yes. So Irish music seems to consume you these days. Is that fair enough to say? I mean, like you said, you're warming up, you're playing some classical music just to warm up before your fingers need to be really hot and do those Irish fiddle tunes. How much of your life is Irish music these days? Most of it, I would say. The events that I would be practicing for would be for Irish music. Irish events. On the other hand, I'm really excited that I'm out of school now because that means that I have time to practice more things that aren't Irish music. And so I'm going back and reviewing the basics and playing scales. I got a jazz scale book. So I'm trying to do all of the scales with jazz scales that I've never done before. I'm looking into bluegrass I'm trying to dabble in singing and playing at the same time a bit, which is something that I've been wanting to do for years. So it's kind of cool because for the first time in my life, there are fewer big concerts or competitions that require hefty preparation constantly. Well, actually, that kind of surprises me. I think, I mean, I I realize just having finished college at Johns Hopkins that You've got a formation on you, but now you're also working full-time, right? Yeah. That somehow frees you up. I'm, I I realize the musical piece of your life can change in proportion. Are you going to do less music, more music? What? How does that go? 
definitely more music. It's hard to believe I can do more music after putting out an album and having a release concert and being in the choir, but I wouldn't necessarily practice every day. And I would feel guilty about practicing when I was in college often, because if I was practicing, that meant that my homework wasn't going to get done. And I had to choose, okay, am I going to practice or am I going to do my homework? The other thing about you, you're not just playing music, you've been writing music. And I understand that you don't like to refer to yourself as a composer, but as a tunesmith. Explain to me a little bit about your philosophy there. The tunes are already there. You just got to find them. That's one of the ways that I look at it. And another way is that I'm not sitting down and thinking, okay, I need to come up with music. I mean, I don't write anything on paper. I sit there or I stand there and I play a little ditty and I record. And if I like something, I try to remember what I did and go from there. And if I don't remember what I did, and then I, I, I can stop the recording and listen back and see what's there that I like. Maybe, Joanna, it's a good time to start off with some of your music. How do you want to start out your Song of the Soul? Let's start with Flower in the Forest, that set of reels. Okay, so Flower in the Forest, Garlic Mashed Potatoes, and The Upshot. Do you just pick these names out of a bag, or is there? do you have a visualization that somehow leads to these names? How does that work? Flower in the Forest, I was going for a hike. It was in 2020. There was this little purple, tiny little flower that was barely sticking out of the grass. And my mom and my boyfriend and I were walking. It was like April. It's the only flower. That was where the name of that came from. And then I had always grown up with kind of bare bone mashed potatoes. And then that summer as well, we started browning garlic and putting them in our mashed potatoes. They're really good. That's where that one came from. The last one, the upshot, it actually had a different name. It was originally called the subterranean, but then I forgot why I named it that. And so I was like, okay, there's no meaning in that. In that case, if I forget why I name something a certain name, and the subterranean is kind of like a wonky name, you know, like I could use that for a different tune. It actually resonates. So I decided to change it to the upshot because I wrote it very close to when I got my COVID shot, but I thought it was kind of cool to name it that because people wouldn't necessarily know that, but now I'm telling you that it's really, (laughs) (laughs) that's why I named it that. So So, I don't know. Yeah. So the the upshot is, is the third one. And these are three reels that you played together. Again, Irish music is your long suit, your forte, your passion at this point. And because I'm an international folk dancer, as soon as you say a a jig or a reel or anything like that, I have a vision of what that means to my feet. You evidently know it to your fingers or something. How does that, are you a dancer too? I am also a dancer. And funnily enough, I didn't know you were a folk dancer, but my mom's also a folk dancer. My mom got into Irish music through folk dancing. She was first a folk dancer and then it drew her to Irish music. The Quaker population in the U.S. is small enough, and I've been part of it for long enough, that there's all likelihood if she's been to FGC, to the Friends General Conference gathering, it's likely that I've met her dancing. I'm positive that you've danced with my mom, yeah. 
Okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to follow up on this. But in the meantime, folks, we're going to actually have you listen to some of Joanna Clare's music. This is a medley of reels. It's Flower in the Forest, Garlic Mashed Potatoes, The Upshot, all by Joanna Clare, website joannaclare.com. Here we go. It's time to get real.
today for Song of the Soul. We have Joanna Clare with us. She's Irish fiddler, amongst other things, and she's got more talents than that. I mean, you could also find her doing materials work. I mean, your major was what? Materials and engineering, just material science and engineering, right? Yes, that's it. Besides songs like Flower in the Forest, Garlic, Mashed Potatoes, and The Upshot, she could help you out engineeringly. Do those two supplement, complement each other, The this kind of scientific engineering bent and this music bent? For sure. Violin playing in general and engineering go really well together. I was talking to a friend of mine, a great fiddler, Brendan Callahan, and he was talking about how in order to really master the violin, you need to be able to look at what you're doing critically and problem solve. And it's those types of people who are creative problem solvers who are able to master the violin because there's so many different nuances with posture and with the exact position where your fingers are going that it needs to be really thought of. So that's definitely a part of engineering. And one of my favorite parts of engineering is that, is the, okay, something went wrong. What happened? Why did that thing go wrong? What can we do to fix it? So it's basically the same concept in both violin playing and engineering. And it just turns out that I play fiddle. So I don't think that's as, well, fiddle is a very creative form of violin music, I guess. And the type of fiddle music that I play is very, I'll rephrase that. When I'm playing fiddle, I often throw ornamentation in there that I've never done before on the spot kind of improvising. And that's very common with more advanced players of all the instruments in the Irish music scene. So that's something that's more so common in the folk world and in the Irish music scene than you would find. You wouldn't see somebody in an orchestra kind of improvising when the rest of the orchestra is supposed to be doing something else. As I've said to you before we got on the air, Joanna, I'm scientifically oriented, computer programming, physics. I've taught physics, including at university level. I'm a math major. And the math mind, the part of my mind that does that pretty well, uh, the part of mine that does French, I'm fluent in French because of my time in the Peace Corps, I find that those pieces work well together. Yes. And I'm wondering if that's also part of it. Are you good at math, by the way? Is math a, a, one of your talents? I like math. I'd say I don't prefer to do math. I, I prefer to do design. I prefer to problem solve. I like the science. I think that sometimes I have trouble implement, um, or like inputting numbers into calculators or I, I flip numbers around. I do that a bit myself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I like to be checked if I do math. So I wouldn't say math is my strongest suit in the engineering realm. But in terms of the different aspects that complement themselves, definitely when I'm teaching, you know, that's another huge part of it because... I remember talking to one of my violin teachers after I started teaching and saying that I think that my engineering background is actually really helping my teaching. And she said, oh, no doubt. I bet it is. And for me, I'm able to internalize, oh, this student is not understanding it the way that I'm presenting it. And immediately I find a different way to present it. And I think that's really key to being an effective teacher. So in that case, you know, I think engineering helps there. But also, as I said earlier, 
playing the violin is such a physical activity that it actually helps to understand physics. I mean, I was talking about Bohold with one of my students recently, and a beautiful Bohold, as I like to say, has a bent pinky here. And during the lesson, I was thinking to myself, why? Why is that so important? You know, why isn't it good to have a straight pinky? And then I realized when you have a bent pinky, you have potential energy stored in your pinky and you can move the bow in a way that you wouldn't be able to if your pinky was straight. So that's another way that music and engineering can kind of help each other. Well, why don't we show this music off for our listeners today for Song of the Soul? What should we do next? Let's do the jig set. And that would be Faithful Oblivion, The House Behind the Graveyard, Little Kids and Cards. These were all jigs. And again, you do like Irish dancing, right? Did you take Irish dance class? Yeah. So I started Irish dancing when I was seven and I did competitions until I was 14 and danced in high school, but not competitively. But you're still that in that excellent physical shape where you can bounce on those legs and keep your arms straight? I would say that I need to practice if I'm going to go in front of the crowd, <laughs> but <laughs> I still remember a few steps. Yeah. And where did these names come from? Faithful Oblivion, The House Behind the Graveyard, Little Kids and Cards. What are these? What's this about? Faithful Oblivion, that was the summer of 2020. And that was a time that I was very apprehensive about the future because I didn't know if school was going to be in person. I didn't know if I was going to go back to school for the semester or take a gap semester if it was not in person. I didn't know, you know, that would change the circumstances of how my relationship might go and where I would be living and what classes I would take. And so there were a lot of things that were up in the air at that point. And so, so that's why I named the tune Faithful Oblivion. And the house behind the graveyard? That one I wrote just a few months ago in my bedroom. My mom actually moved from my childhood home. We were packing up to go and, and I was finally done packing and she was doing a little bit more. And I went upstairs to practice and I just sat in my room and banged out this tune. <laughs> was there a graveyard in your view? I'll tell a little secret. There's a graveyard that's actually behind my house but I didn't want to say the house in front of the graveyard because that didn't have rhythmic. I didn't like it. <laughs> so you're changing history just for linguistic necessities. Well, it is recorded that that is the reason for the change. I mean, okay. <laughs> I have that freedom as the person who's naming the tunes and, and writing them. And, and then the last tune, Little Kids in Cards, I was listening to the audiobook, How to Talk to Kids So That They Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Uh, I think I've fudged that name a little bit, but something like that. And then on the same day, I played one of my favorite games, which is Codenames. And so that's why I named that that name, Little Kids Cards. Well, we've got three jigs here today from Joanna Clare for Song of the Soul. We'll go right into it and get your dancing shoes on, folks. JoannaClaire.com is her website. Faithful Oblivion, the house behind the graveyard, the kids and cards. Mm-hmm. 
if you didn't feel the necessity to move your feet while that music was playing by Joanna Clare, then I think you should probably see your doctor because that kind of music is meant to call to your feet. It's meant to have you move. I actually feel so- sorry, actually, Joanna, for musicians because they play the music. They don't get to get out there and dance. And I love dancing. It's so much an expression of my soul. That's my problem with contra dancing is that if I'm asked to play the music for a contra dance, I can't dance. <laughs> it's really unfair, isn't it? It's, it's not fair. <laughs> I've met plenty of wonderful contra dance, whatever, musicians who play for dancers. And a number of them say they can't dance. They're not, they're not worth it. But uh, I'm glad that you're both, you're ambidextrous that way. <laughs> That's good. Folks, we have Joanna Clare here today for Song of the Soul. Our website is nordenspiritradio.org, so you can find a link to joannaclare.com in case you didn't know Claire is spelled C-L-A-R-E. There's no I in there. Come via nordenspiritradio.org. You'll find the link also to her Facebook and Instagram there. It's Joanna Claire Music that you're looking for. Those links are on our site, as are the links to all of our guests of the past 17 years, both for Song of the Soul, Spirit in Action. Please post a comment on this program on our site when you visit. And I'm sure Joanna's going to ask her friends to do that as well, so that we can swell the number of people who know Joanna's music and to share the love that we feel for it. Uh, also on our site, you can donate to support Northern Spirit Radio, we do this not because of money from government, not from corporations. We've make an, made a conscious decision that we want our listeners to dictate and be the ones to whom we're answerable. And also, please remember to support your local community radio stations. There's some 45 stations across the U.S. that carry our programs, and they do it, again, usually on a, a shoestring budget, But your hands and your wallet can make a big difference to having that local source of music, local source of news, something coming up out of the community available. So please remember to support them. Joanna Clare's site, again, joannaclare.com. And she's joining us from Philadelphia, where she just moved to a few months ago. Uh, A whole new place. Are you enjoying Philadelphia? Philadelphia is great. Do you get to see much of it other than your job? Well, I walk and I take the train to work. I walk about 13 minutes to the train station and 13 minutes from the train station. And depending if I'm picking up bread after work or dropping off a package or something, I might go through a different part of town. So it's really kind of nice to be walking around town every day. How does it feel as compared to something like Baltimore or Syracuse? How are this? Does this feel at all yet like home or is it still an enchanting new place? Baltimore really is the place that has my heart. And, you know, Baltimore is small and you can go around and see people, you know. And I really grew to love multiple communities in the Baltimore area, both the Irish music community, the Quaker community. I went to Homewood Friends meeting there. I sometimes went to community potlucks and those were really cool. Uh, I'd get to see people that were in neighborhoods that were close to me. And so that was really Really a great feeling to, to know many people there and to say hi on the street. And then there's also the 32nd Street Market that I would busk at. And I really loved going there every weekend. And Hamden is great. You know, there's so many things about Baltimore that I just love. Syracuse is obviously where I grew up, but I have to say that I love Baltimore. <laughs> and uh, and Philadelphia is, is so far good. I'm still warming up to it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice city. 
in many ways. And in many ways, there's there's a few issues, but every city has its issues. So, yeah. <laughs> you said that while you were in Baltimore, you would busk sometimes at certain places. Does that bring enough money to put you through college? Well, it definitely helped. I mean, I was buying food with that money. I was paying rent with that money. I was oftentimes making money at the market and then spending money at the market on food. So, you know, the money just circulates there. Uh, I tried to do that. But yeah, teaching definitely helped, probably more than busking. But I was teaching for more hours during college than I was busking. So, sure. But, you know, busking is actually kind of, I look at it in a way as teaching because there were so many kids at the market and they would come up and point and their parents would stop. And sometimes, you know, I'd show them some things or tell them what strings there were or about the bohair or, you know, so it's kind of fun. And I just kind of want to instill that spark of music in these, these little kids. Well, you are inspirational that way. How about inspiring our listeners with some more of your music? Let's do Strawberry in the Field. Let's do the Slip Jig set. Okay, Slip Jigs, Strawberry in the Field, Mice in the Attic, Painter and the Chef. I'm wondering if there's some theme that goes through that. Strawberries, mice, and chef, painter. I, I'm just curious why those three go together. These were actually slip jigs that were unnamed for quite a while. I wrote them all the day before my sophomore year of college started. And that was the the fall before COVID started. Strawberry in the Fields was another one of those little gems while we were on a hike flower in the forest, strawberry in the field, really the same thing. (laughs) And then mice in the attic, my mom and boyfriend and I were fixing up a house and not my house, but there were definitely mice running around that attic and we could (laughs) at night. (laughs) And then the painter and the chef, my boyfriend Liam and I actually, we stayed at that house for a whole week painting it. And it was a, a point in the pandemic where we weren't eating out at all. And so we cooked every meal and while we were painting, which, you know, that's a lot of work to cook healthy food after painting the whole day. <laughs> so sometimes I would paint and he would cook or I would cook and he would paint or we'd both be painting or we'd both be cooking. But the painter and the chef is really, I'm the painter and he's the painter and I'm the chef and he's the chef. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll look forward to some of your food being served up one of these days. I'm sure we'll run into each other in the wider, quicker world. I can't say it's simple food. <laughs> Who needs simple? I just cooked up a wonderful Indian dish for my wife last night. I mean, I made it up. I, I do because I cook a lot of Indian food. But anyway, I'll look forward to yours when the opportunity comes. And folks, we have Joanna Clare here today for Song of the Soul. Strawberry in the Field, Mice in the Attic, The Painter and the Chef is this medley of slip jigs from Joanna Clare.
That medley of slip jigs is by Joanna Clare, joannaclare.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. The names of the three of them that were in that medley, Strawberry in the Field, Mice in the Attic, and The Painter and the Chef. And again, they're slip jigs. And since Joanna was a, a accomplished dancer by the by the time she really stopped doing that at the age of 14, right? Something like that, you said? I stopped competing then, but I'm, I still dance, yeah. Yeah. She'll teach you a slip jig along with teaching you the violin, which is uh, part of her work. I mean, she's teaching that. She's been doing material science, and she's also performing occasionally. And, and uh, she released an album called To Keep the Candle Burning. That was uh, this past year you released that, right? Yeah, this past February. And I'm actually coming out. It'll be released on Spotify and everywhere where you can stream soon. But so far, it's not there. Yeah, I like on your website where you say, you know, you can stop by and pick it up. And that'll be, <laughs> that's the way. So if you want to get the music from Joanna, just follow it via her website. We've got to kind of hustle through the last two sets that you're going to share. What's next? Let's do the hornpipe set. Okay. And I had to look this up to be sure what the difference was between a hornpipe and a reel, for instance. And the emphasis, obviously, the first and the third beats, while the reel has less emphasis and it's usually played faster. So if you're playing a reel, does that mean your bow gets hotter because you're going faster? Probably. Well, as a material science, I figured you'd know. You've been keeping track of the temperature. I haven't done that, but I, I did a project on the, the bow rosin. This dance, this tune is called a hornpipe, which is actually an instrument, a wind instrument. Do you play something besides strings, too? I've dabbled in other instruments, but fiddle is really the, the main one that you would ever want to listen to. <laughs> okay. This is called the Baltimore Hornpipe and Amede. Yeah. Where do these come from? Baltimore Hornpipe, also written during COVID. I was just missing Baltimore. I was up in New York at home during most of the pandemic. That was, you know, when we were isolating. So I was missing Baltimore then. And Amade, that was one, a little ditty that came to me when I was a senior in high school, actually. And the maker of the loner violin that I was using at the time when mine was getting fixed was named Amade. So that's why I named it then, the Amade. You're going to enjoy these hornpipes, two of them, the Baltimore Hornpipe and Amade by Joanna Clare. Thank you. 
check website joannaclare.com, Joanna Claire Music on Facebook and Instagram. Both those links are on nordenspiritradio.org. We just heard a couple hornpipes. The Baltimore Hornpipe and Amide, both written by Joanna Clare. So Joanna Clare is not playing other people's Irish music. You've been competitive in Irish music, and including, um, I can't pronounce the names of them because I don't speak Gaelic. Do you have to speak Gaelic in order to play Irish music? No, I hope not because I can't speak it very well. But I saw it's like in you you competed to represent the U.S. in the, in the Flacchio. 19, yeah, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> Flacchio? <laughs> just yeah. in Mullingar. I, Mullingar looks like a Mullingar. Uh, okay, yeah. which is quite an honor, and and in three categories, right? Yeah, and that's really why I decided to go this year. So with the new tunes and with the just the fiddle, the senior fiddle competition and the slow air competition. So you can check that out via joannaclaire.com. You'll find out more about it. And probably what you want to do is maybe you want to study with her or maybe you just want to get her music. Uh, You can still drop by and pretty soon it'll be on Spotify. But let's go to one last medley that you'll share today. You want to tell folks about it? Sure. Yeah, so this is a set of reels. So the afterthought originally was in a set of tunes and it was the third tune in the set, but I actually decided to make it the first tune in this set. And from Baltimore to Boston is a, a tribute to my PhD student mentor, who's now a, now a postdoc at MIT. So he, he mentored me all throughout my undergrad, even as he was not at Hopkins anymore. And he was a, he was a postdoc there. And then The Morning Joe was basically commissioned by one of my best friends in college, and he wanted to name one. So that's <laughs> the name that he came up with. I did it a little bit. Well, folks, I'd love to have more time to visit with Joanna, but we have to bring this to conclusion here. Just keep in mind that if you go to joannaclaret.com, you can find how to access her recording to Keep the Candle Burning, released this last February. There's more music obviously coming out. Most of what she shared today hasn't been recorded before. So you get to be blessed by a whole lot of new music that she's created over the years that hasn't been released before. And we're ending with a medley of reels, The Afterthought from Baltimore to Boston and The Morning Joe. Joanna, thanks so much for joining me. I'm so glad we've been trying to put this together for ever since back when you had your birthday, I think back in May. And so it's it's just so wonderful that we finally connected. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me on, Mark. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. We again end with Joanna Clare, joannaclare.com. This is the afterthought from Baltimore to Boston and the morning, Joe. Enjoy this music, get up and dance, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.